Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au Please turn with me to Luke chapter 1, reading from verse Uh, 26. The Bible says this. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent to God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered What manner of greeting this was? Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. And then Mary said to the angel, well, how's this going to be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit shall come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also the Holy Spirit, the Holy One who is to be born shall be called the Son of God. What a powerful scripture. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest shall overshadow you. That's what we want this morning. More than anything else, we want the Holy Spirit to come upon us and we want the Holy Spirit to overshadow us. Um, and also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, um, has also conceived a son in her old age and she is now in the sixth month for her uh, who was called barren for with God nothing shall be impossible for with God nothing shall be impossible so father we thank you for your word I just pray that by the spirit of God that you would come and speak to each and every one of us I pray that father that this word would uh, stir faith in our hearts that it would become a revelation that this story uh, as it's written in the scriptures of some 2,000 years ago a recollection of what happened that what happened there, would that spirit would also come amongst us and speak into our hearts and lives. Father, bind every spirit of fear and intimidation. Father, just let there be freedom. Um, it's about your glory today, Lord God. So be glorified. Let there be nothing in me that hinders the delivery of this word. I thank you that the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness, Lord God. Let our ears be open to hear the voice of the spirit. And this we pray and ask in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I want to speak this morning on the subject, nothing is impossible with God. Would you say that with me? Nothing is impossible with God. The Christmas story is, it's recounted in the Gospel of Luke, begins with two miracles. The first of the miracles is actually the birth of John the Baptist. Uh, Zachariah was a priest and one day as he was serving in the temple, an angel appears to him. When Zachariah, the Bible says, saw him, he was startled and and was gripped with fear. Now, I don't know if anyone's ever uh, seen an angel, had an angel appear to them. There are some people who say, oh, I'd be so nice to see an angel. I'm not really sure uh, you'd want to have an angel because everybody that saw an angel in Bible times was pretty pretty scared uh, about, about the experience. Um, but the angel said to him, don't be scared, Zachariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son and you're to call him John. 
Angel begins to speak about the ministry of John the Baptist. He would be filled with the Holy Spirit. He would bring many back to God. He would minister in the power of Elijah. Uh, Zechariah doesn't believe him and says, well, how can I be sure of this? Which is kind of pretty funny, really. Uh, I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. And the angel said to him, now, I don't know about you, but I kind of see a bit of humour in Bible. But the angel says to him, I mean, I imagine there would have been a pause here, like a long pause, because we don't, we just read it like, oh yeah. But I imagine there would have been a pause here, because Zechariah said, well, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man. My wife is, it's an angel standing here. So I can imagine Gabriel would have just stood there for a bit and said, I'm Gabriel. Hello. (laughs) Uh, I stand in the presence of God. Hello. It doesn't say hello there, but I reckon hello would have been written in there. And I've been sent to speak to you and tell you about this good news. Elizabeth becomes pregnant, uh, but for the first five months, she says, six months, she says nothing. How was the first miracle? Then as we read in our text, the angel Gabriel appears to, to Mary. Gabriel, very busy at this time of the year, uh, doing a lot of work. Gabriel says, greetings, you are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words. Uh, the angel said, don't be afraid. Gabriel's probably getting a bit upset now because everybody he talks to gets scared that he's there. So angel says, don't be scared, Mary. You found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you to call him the name Jesus. Angel begins to speak about the ministry of Jesus. He will be great. His kingdom shall never end. Mary asked, well, how would this be since I'm a virgin? Um, you know, I've never been with a, with a man. How's this going to be? And the angel answers and says to her, a Holy Spirit shall come upon you. I just love this. And the power uh, of the highest shall overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy One who's to be born shall be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her and she, the, who was called barren. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. The old NIV said, for nothing is impossible with God. And it's, the, it's this phrase that as I was reading the story of, of Christmas, that first story in the text, it kind of just flew off the page and, and kind of spoke to me. And it says, you know, for nothing is impossible with God. And I want to kind of unpack this brief phrase this morning. And I, my, my prayer is ultimately that God's Spirit is going to stir among, in, in our hearts today and that God is going to speak to us about our own lives. A similar phrase appears in a couple of other passages in the Bible. You will remember the story of Abraham and Sarah. God promised Abraham uh, that he would be the father of a great nation. Just a little problem. They had no children. And uh, when Sarah was past uh, childbearing age, uh, three men uh, came to Abraham uh, and Sarah. Um, we're not sure exactly who these men were. Might have been Gabriel. We're not sure. But uh, it believe, it's believed to be a theophany. It was uh, a, an appearance of Christ in, as a, in human form. And one of them says to Abraham, I will surely return to you about this time next year. And Sarah, your wife, is going to have a baby. Uh, Sarah laughed at the suggestion uh, that she would have a son. In fact, uh, when Isaac was born, the name Isaac actually means laughter. Um, And then the Lord says to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, will I really have a child now that I am old? I mean, a little bit later in the text, she said, no, I didn't laugh. I didn't laugh. Yes, you did. You did laugh. And then there's this verse, is anything too hard for the Lord? Is anything too hard for the Lord? 
It was a rhetorical question where the obvious answer was, well, no, nothing is too hard for God. It could have also been stated in the affirmative for with God, nothing shall be impossible. The phrase also appears in Jeremiah who is praying to God and he says, Our sovereign Lord, you've made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing is too difficult for you. There it is again in the Bible. Job also said something similar when he said, I know that you can do all things. No purposes of yours can be thwarted. I know that no one can frustrate your plans. What a powerful thought and what a powerful scripture. What a powerful understanding to know that no matter what is happening in our lives, that no one can frustrate the pans of God. He is sovereign. He's above every circumstance. He's the creator of the heavens and the earth. So often we worry. We worry about this and we worry about that and we, we worry about the other things. The greatest thing that we can do is surrender our lives to the Lord, put our lives to God and, and trust the God that says, uh, that says that no one can frustrate my plans. Nothing is impossible for God. I could give you so many more scriptures, but we get the idea that there's nothing too hard for God. If God has said it, no matter how difficult it may seem, impossible to the human mind, it's not too hard for God. It's not too difficult for the God that we serve. And I don't know about you, but all of this brings me to ask one little question. Just one simple question for all of us this morning. So how can we experience a miracle? How can we experience a miracle in our own lives? I mean, I understand Elizabeth, Mary, um, not sure I want to actually talk to an angel, but I understand they experienced a miracle. But, but what about us? What about me, what about you? I'm sure there's people here today and you're saying this Christmas, I need a miracle. As you think about your life, uh, you can name a number of miracles that you need today. Now, I get that this is a risky subject. I get that. I get that, that many of us find it easier to believe that a miracle won't happen. I get it, uh, even for me as a pastor, to, to launch out into the deep. And uh, the picture I had this morning and yesterday as I was reflecting on the message, today it's like the trapeze artist, you know, you, you kind of, you know, you, you let go uh, of one hoping you're going to catch the other one. It's a little bit like that. It's a risky. I could have spoken on something like peace and joy and whatever, something like that, a, a safe kind of subject. But, but um uh, and I know that for some of us, it's so easy to believe that a miracle won't happen. The thought of being disappointed again. You know, I'd, I'd rather lower my expectations, believe for less. And I understand all of that. Problem for me is I can't read through the Gospels and pretend that miracles didn't happen. I can't read through the Gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. I can't read through the Gospels and go into the book of Acts and on and on. And by the way, go back into the Old Testament and, and, and pretend that miracles didn't happen. I can't get away from the amount of miracles, the consistency, the variety. Uh, I just can't pretend they didn't happen. I can't ignore Jesus' words who said, very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. I wonder, where do we sit with our expectation for God to move in our lives? For many of us, we need to be honest with God and declare like the man needing a miracle, I do believe, Lord God. Help me overcome my unbelief. I, 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 I do believe that you can do it, oh God, said this man. He was completely honest. He said, I do believe that you can do it, Lord. But help my unbelief. 
Because there's a part of me that doesn't believe that you can do it. It's this, it's this tension between these, these two thoughts that I know you can, but, but I don't think you can. And, and, and the kind of sit in between. Greatest thing that we can do is like this man, just bring, bring, bring those thoughts before the Lord. You, you, you don't need to hide those thoughts. You don't need to pretend that they're not happening. Just bring them before the Lord. Frank Damasio defines a miracle as a supernatural manifestation of divine power in the external world, a special revelation of the power and the presence of God. And so the question I want to briefly touch on today is how can we experience a miracle? I want to share some thoughts that I pray is going to stir faith in our hearts and then we're going to pray together. And I I pray that God is going to uh, speak to all of us today. Ultimately, a miracle is not something that we can demand or maneuver uh, God into doing. A miracle is an act of grace. It's only by the grace of God. If we do experience the power and a manifestation of God's Spirit, it is by the grace of God. Having said that, I do believe that we can position ourselves to receive from the Lord. There is a posture that we can, that we can position ourselves in to be able to receive from the Lord into our own lives. So let me give you a few thoughts that come out of the text that I pray will stir faith in our hearts. The first thought that comes out of the text is to be open to God's possibilities. Just be open to God's possibilities. Love the way the passage begins. Says an angel comes and says, Greetings, you who are highly favoured, the Lord is with you. Faith for a miracle begins by believing that God could move in our lives. And I pray that this morning that we would believe that God could move in our lives. That we could be favoured of God, blessed of God. See, a, a miracle begins with general faith. A, 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 a miracle begins with, with, with general faith. It's believing that God could move in our hearts and in our lives. It's a belief that God is with us and for us. So many people say, well, yeah, Pastor Joe, maybe you could experience a miracle because, you know, I can see your halo from here, <laughs> you know. You know, um, if you are seeing a halo, it's certainly not mine, I can assure you. Trust me. You know, maybe we'll say, well, I know the other person could experience, I, but Pastor Joe, I, I don't believe I could ever experience a miracle. Faith for a miracle begins by believing that, 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 some, that God could intervene in my life, in your life. It begins by believing that God could do something in my life, that God could, could intersect my life and demonstrate His power and His glory. It's a belief that God can work in and through us and around us by His grace and for His glory. That God doesn't move because of our righteousness or because of our, our, our perfection. God moves in us by His grace and for His glory. It's for His namesake. It's not for our namesake. It's not for a church's namesake. It's for His namesake that He moves among, amongst us. It's a belief that God can. It's a belief that God, I'm still not sure if God can move in my life, but I know that God can do it. It's an understanding that we serve a God that can create things into being simply by speaking to them, uh, speaking them into being. It's a, it's a belief that He can take us from the prison to the palace as He did with Joseph. That He can make a way through the sea where there is no way. Like He did for the people of Israel. That God can defeat a mighty army with just a lantern, a trumpet and a pitcher like He did for Gideon. 
that He can heal a man of leprosy simply by saying to him, go and dip yourself in the Jordan seven times. He can kill giants. He can deliver us from a burning bush like He did, uh, like a burning furnace like He did Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. He can shut the mouths of lions. He can humble the proud. He can anoint the weak. He can open prison doors. He can set people free from spiritual oppression. He can raise the dead. Can I hear an amen? What is it that gives us faith and hope? It's the knowledge that if God did it in the past, He can do it again in the name of Jesus. That if God has done it before, He can do it again. He's the same yesterday, today and shall be forevermore. That's the Word of God. He doesn't change. He doesn't change. Jesus one time said to His disciples, with man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. It is said of George Mueller, uh, uh, a man who um, uh, was in charge of an orphanage for many years. He learnt the secret of getting things from God, the simple practice of boldly coming to the throne to receive. He practised this daily for 73 years. And in coming, he never, he never found the throne vacant nor the supplies exhausted. He learnt not to bind God by the limits of his own faith. He asked, knowing that God who heard was able. And he saw God move in a, in a, in a powerful way. Every miracle begins with a, with a general faith, with an openness to the possibilities that God could move in and through our lives. The second thing we need to do is resist the limitations. Angel appears to Mary and tells her what is about to take place and in her life. And Mary's immediate response is, how is this going to be, Lord God? It's, it's our response uh, all the time. How's this going to be, Lord? How's this ever going to happen? There is no possible way. How can, how can God bring this miracle? How can, how can things turn around? How can it get better when things are so bad? How, how do I undo the past? And sometimes the reason why we don't ask is because we're afraid of, of being disappointed. Has it ever happened to you that you've tried to believe, prayed and done everything right and everything still seems to go wrong? And it's in, it's in those kind of times that we begin to question, is it really worth praying? Should I really pray? Is God even real? And I don't know the answer to why God doesn't always intervene in our lives. Um, if I knew the answer to the, to the question of why God doesn't always intervene, then I would be God. And trust me, you do not want me to be God. Um, the Bible says this, and uh, the secret things belong to the Lord our God, uh, but the things revealed belong to us and to our children forever. The secret things belong to the God. I don't understand everything. I am not God. I don't pretend to be God. I don't want to be God. Um, he is God and He knows everything and He is sovereign. The secret things belong to God, but the things revealed belong to us and to our children uh, forever. What God has revealed is an invitation to come to Him in our time of need. And He asks the question, is there anything too difficult for me? We, we don't know everything there is to know about God, but we do know that God has revealed certain things and He invites you and me to come to Him and to pray and to seek Him in our time of need. He invites us to come boldly to the throne of grace where we can find Mercy and grace in time of need. If we're going to step into the supernatural, then we need to move beyond our doubts and limitations. Third thing that we need is a specific word from God. The angel appears to Mary and says, you will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. This wasn't a thought in Mary. This wasn't uh, an idea that Mary, Mary just received. It was a word from God. The angel gives Mary a specific word about what was about to happen in her life. 
in the context of general faith, God gives a specific word about our situations. In the context of general faith, in the, in the, in the context of general belief, in the, in the context of believing that God can, God begins to speak to us about our situations. He gives us a specific word. How many of us believe that God can speak still today? There's three people here this morning. That's good. I can sense there's a lot of faith here. I can feel it. Um, it's in the context of general faith. And, and, and you know, uh, um, there, are, there are so often, we have all these battles in our minds and in our heart and in our spirit. We've got everything coming against us and saying, it's not going to happen. It can't happen. Uh, it's a waste of time. But we need, to, we, we, we need to go into the presence of God and say, Lord, I just thank you that I am favoured of you, that I am blessed by you, Lord God, and that you can and will move in my life. It's in the context of general faith that God begins to, to give a, a specific word about our situation. So often we think in order to experience a miracle, we need to work up some faith. We have to psych ourselves up and that's simply not true. All we need is a word from God. The Bible says, so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. How do we get faith? Faith comes by hearing a word from God. The Greek word for the word of God in that text is is rhema. Have you been in church circles? Uh, you know the difference between uh, uh, the rhema and the logos are two Greek words that describe the word of God. Logos is the general word of God. Rhema is a specific word for a specific situation, for a specific time that you might be facing in your life. And I, I've been walking with the Lord for many, many years. And, 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 uh, um, uh, you know, there's been times where I've gone through some very dark seasons in my life. And when I've gone through those dark seasons, I begin to open the Word of God. And I'm just surprised at how God begins to speak. It happened to me just this year, 2023, just going through some stuff. And as I was reading the, the Word, uh, this, this verse jumped out at me in Isaiah. And it, I said, I've never seen this Scripture in Isaiah in my whole life. And yet it was the right Word for a specific situation. And I hung on to that Word as an anchor. And God is faithful. Can I hear an amen. We need to get a word from God. We cry out to God. We say, God, I know that you can do all things. I know that nothing is too difficult for you, Lord God. I know that, Father God, that you've created the heavens and the earth, Lord God. Nothing is too difficult for you. And it's in the context of general faith that God begins to speak. What we need in our time of need is a specific word. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the rhema. It's the rhema. It's not the logos. It's the rhema. It's a specific word. And as we cry out to God, He speaks. It doesn't always have to be a scripture. Sometimes it can be just a specific word. But you know that God has spoken deep into your spirit. Read through all the miracles of the Bible and you will see what preceded the miracles was a word from God. Dip into the Jordan seven times. Fill the jars with oil. Launch out into the deep. Stretch out your hand. Step out of the boat. It was always a word from God. Peter would never have walked on water if Jesus had not said, just come. Anybody ever tried to walk on water? <laughs> it's the word from God. I've been fishing many, many times. Not always been a good experience. And uh, I've tried, you know, casting the nets on the other side. Nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Because it wasn't a word from God. Let's go, to the, let's go to Peter's story. Peter had been fishing all night, caught nothing. And Jesus says, throw your nets on the other side. Peter says, Master, we've toiled all night and caught nothing. Listen, listen to what the Bible says. Nevertheless, at your word, 
I will let down the net. Went straight to my Bible, look up, what's, what's, the, what's the Greek word for the word, word there? What's the Greek word? Sure enough, it's the word rhema. Master, we've toiled all night and caught nothing. Lord, Master, we've tried so hard. Lord, we've tried doing everything in our, we've tried everything we possibly can. Nevertheless, at your rhema, I'm going to let down the net. Mary says to the angel, how's this going to be? It's impossible. Holy Spirit says, the, the angel says, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. And uh, the Most High will overshadow you. And then Luke 137, for no word from God shall ever fail. Well, I went back to the text, uh, to, to the original one. What's, what's, the, what's the Greek word for word there? Sure enough, it's the word rhema. For no rhema from God shall ever fail. So if we're going to experience a miracle, we need to be open to God's possibilities. Resist the limitations. Get a word from God. Pastor Joe, how do you get a word? Begin to open the word. Begin to read the Logos. Faith comes by reading the Logos. It's as we read the general that the specific word comes to us. Number four, a miracle happens um, with obedience to the word. Mary asks the question, how's this going to be? Um, the angel says the Holy Spirit's going to come. No word shall ever fail. Mary answers, I'm the Lord's servant. May your word, may your rhema to me be fulfilled. Mary said, let it be done as you have said. Let the words that you have spoken come to pass. I love the, that because these are words of faith. Paul said to the Thessalonians, the one who calls you is faithful and he shall do it. Mary had no clue how this was all going to happen. But she says, Lord, you've spoken it. I believe it's your word. And I, I, I believe that it's going to come to pass. And Mary quickly ran and went to visit Elizabeth. We know the story. Um, and Mary says to Elizabeth, why, why has God chosen me? And as soon as the sound of your greeting, said Elizabeth, reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her shall be accomplished. Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her shall be accomplished. A miracle comes with obedience to the Word of God. One of the things I love uh, is to hear miracle stories. People say, oh, I don't know about miracles, but I just love to hear miracle stories, testimonies of how people have experienced God move in their lives. For those that don't know, this church began in the late 50s. And I think it's just a miracle that we're still here after many, many years of challenges. And um, what we've begun to do this year in the, uh, the last six months is we've been uh, starting to record uh, the stories of uh, those who um, uh, were the original members of this church. Started with a, uh, some people gathering in a, in a home and, and then slowly uh, the church began uh, to grow. And so we, we're gathering the stories. Many of this generation are going uh, to heaven and, and before they all leave, uh, we just want to hear their stories and to believe that God could and see why, how God has moved in their lives. And it's just powerful, powerful. In the midst of some of these testimonies and stories are also some stories of miracles. One of the stories is from one of the men that was instrumental, uh, not directly, but indirectly in the formation of this church. Um, he was born in 1900, um, in the year 1900. Uh, he lived to 104 years old, not a bad not a bad uh, knock there, you know. Um, his name was Giovanni Borzillo. Some of us know him. 
remember him as children. We remember his testimonies. We remember his prayers. He wouldn't allow to preach. Don't worry, I don't need to preach. He used to get up and give a testimony. That was go 20 minutes, 30 minutes. He prayed. It was a sermon. It was a sermon. Uh-oh. Anyway, when he was young, he left uh, Italy and went to Brazil to find work. And while he was in Brazil, he became quite ill. He was bedridden. He was unable to work. His employer called a doctor to see him. Uh, the doctor said uh, there was nothing he could do for him and, and basically said he didn't have long to live and essentially just left him um, to die. He had nothing. He was a man who was alone, no family, no money, no strength. It felt like it was at the end for him. Soon after, a man comes to visit him and speaks to him about Jesus. He speaks to him about the fact that his sins could be forgiven Not only that, that Jesus could actually heal him. Well, at a subsequent visit, he accepts Jesus Christ as his Lord and Saviour. The man prays for his healing and he was completely made whole at that time. Man gave him a Bible and he returned back to his uh, small uh, village town in Italy and um, through him, Uh, He began to talk to everyone about Christ and through him, through his testimony, um, many people came to faith and many of those who came to faith, including him, eventually came to Australia and they were some of the sort of the foundational members, the pioneers of of this particular church. It was a reminder, I just read this story, found out this story this week and it's just a reminder that God is still the God of the impossible. I think about it, I think... What if he didn't believe in God? What if he rejected what this man had said? What if he said, you know what, I don't believe a word. What if he just gave up and said, I don't believe that God can heal me and just accepted that? What if he believed, no, I don't believe my life could ever change? What if he just accepted that as his reality? He would have died there, would not have gone back to his village, would not have spoken to many others. And there are certain individuals in this church we don't know. We, we may not be in faith because of, of Him. But because He did believe, because He did put His faith in Jesus Christ, because He gave His life to Jesus Christ, He was not only saved, He was healed. And we're bearing the fruit of His faith today. I wonder there may, might be some people here today, you need a miracle. You don't care about the presence under the tree. You don't, you don't care about the meal today. What you need is a miracle. You need a miracle in your family, your marriage, your finances. You need a miracle in your body. Why don't we believe together today that God could move in our lives? The Bible tells a story of a man who was paralysed. This man had four friends who found out that Jesus was teaching in a house. So they bring this man to the house. The place was full, so they couldn't get in. So they take him on to the roof. They make a hole in the roof and lower him down to Jesus. Get the picture these four guys, they've got a paralysed friend. They know Jesus is in a house, place is packed. They go, what are we going to do? Well, they could have just walked away. Instead, they said, you know what? I think we can find another way. Let's bring him down through the roof. And, I, and, and, and so they lower him down right in front of Jesus. Now listen carefully. This is what the Bible says, Luke chapter 5. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. I, I, come on, church. We're about to wrap this up. We've got a turkey waiting and all kinds of other 
calories. Just think, see them as calories. It's all coming later this afternoon. But just for a moment, let's get a hold of this worse. You may not need a miracle this Christmas. But there are people here that do. The power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. There are some, there are some people that physically, unless God intervenes, you don't know what's going to happen. When Jesus saw their faith, He said, friend, your sins are forgiven. Whoa, whoa, wait, wait, wait. Why, why did Jesus say that? He was a paralytic. It was very clear that He was a paralytic. He says to him, your sins are forgiven. He didn't, he didn't need His sins forgiven. They didn't lower Him down into the, from the roof in front of Jesus so that He could have His sins forgiven. They lowered Him so that, because He was a paralytic and needed healing. Jesus said, your sins are forgiven because the greatest miracle we can experience is the miracle of salvation. If you've never asked Jesus into your life, I want to encourage you to do that today. I want you to know that Jesus loves you and He has a plan and a purpose for your life. And if you ask Him to be the Lord and Saviour of your life, you can be forgiven and saved. Salvation is the greatest miracle that we can ever experience in our life. Every other miracle is temporary. Salvation is eternal. It's the greatest miracle of all. Pastor Joe, well, what do I need to do? Give my life to Jesus. Well, all you need to do is just invite Him to be your Lord and Saviour. Bible doesn't speak about church or religion, doesn't speak about any of those. doesn't say, if you do good works, if you do enough good works, then you got to get in. That's not what the Bible says. In fact, the Bible says that our good works are like filthy rags. If we could, be, if we could save ourselves, why, why, would, why would God send Jesus to die on a cross if we could save ourselves by our good works? No, we can't be saved by our good works. There's only one way that we can be saved. It's through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For there is no other name under heaven by which man can be saved than the name of Jesus. Well, Pastor Joe, what do I need to do? It's, it's very simple. You invite Jesus to be your Lord and Saviour. Pray a simple prayer that says, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Be the Lord and Saviour of my life. And when you pray a prayer like that by faith, you can experience that miracle of salvation. Then he says to the man, then Jesus says to the man, take up your mat and go home. And immediately he stood up in front of them took what he had been lying on and went home pray, praising God. Praising God. Can you, praising God. Can you imagine what that praising God looked like? Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, man, we've seen remarkable things today. The Christmas story reminds us, among other things, that God is a miracle working God. I wonder, what's the miracle that you need today in your life? What's the one thing, if it happened in your life today, that you would know that it was God? I pray today that as we ref reflect on this story, that we would open ourselves up to the possibility that God could move in our lives. That we would, that we would resist those temptations to limit God. That we would be open to hear a word from God and that we would allow Him to intervene in our lives. That the miracles of Christmas would become the miracles in our own lives. 
Have a blessed and merry Christmas today as you spend time with family and friends. God bless you. Have a great day in Jesus' name. Thank you.